every entrepreneur has a story. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, where each episode, your host, Brian Carney, will share a drink with a successful business owner and have them discuss their unique journey, gaining insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and different ways to get there. Brian isn't just a beer nerd. He's also the co-founder of River's Edge Advisors, a financial planning firm headquartered in Delaware, specializing in working with business owners. It's time to pour yourself a drink and enjoy a happy half hour with an entrepreneur. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Brian Carney. My guest today is Nikki Dalrymple, the owner of Acquire, an interior design firm located in Boston. Nikki and Acquire have been featured in a number of magazines, including Boston Magazine, Travel and Leisure, and the New York Times. And she was also named as one of the 25 most stylish Bostonians by the Boston Globe. Nikki, thanks for, for joining us. Thank you. Um, no longer true about being stylish. I now live in sweatpants. Thanks. Thanks, COVID. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just had to put suit pants on the other day. It was a pretty depressing adventure. So <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But so today you I'm going to be drinking a Neshaminy Creek County Line IPA from uh, not too far from here. What are you uh, what are you going to be sampling today? I am drinking a lovely white wine, Savion Blanc, because um, as any interior designer in the right mind will tell you, if you can't clean it up easily off furniture and rugs, it's not worth drinking. That's so a, um, that's a great point. We would have never thought of that. <laughs> functionality, Brian. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, first, let's just jump right in and tell us a little bit about your company and your business. Sure. Um, so Acquire is a full service residential design firm. Uh, that means we are hired by clients to take projects from blueprint of the home all the way through the installation of the furnishings and the artwork, uh, oftentimes, you know, even down to the little knickknacks, right, that wow. you put on your bookshelves. Um, you know, oftentimes, I think people associate interior designers as the people who pick out the pink colors or, you know, go on the shopping trips with their clients. Um, that's not what our firm does. Um, we are really thinking about the interior architecture of the home, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, how, how aesthetically and functionally it needs to work for the client, right? Yeah. Um, so all of our projects are either complete gut renovations wow. um, or they're new builds. Um, so that means we're selecting, you know, the, the flooring, the electrical, the tile, the stone, you know, all those hard materials. Um, and then we're also creating all of the construction documents that go into a home. So the, the built-ins, the millwork elevations, um, how the tile gets installed, right? Um, the lighting plans for each room. Um, and then uh, we're, we're creating 3D renders. So we show how each room we're designing yes. is going to look after all those hard finishes go in, along with the furnishings and the drapery and, you know, the floor coverings and, and so on. That's pretty amazing. So are you doing mostly someone's primary house? Or are you doing more like a vacation home type of thing or a combination? Uh, if you had asked me in 2019, I would say almost primarily 
uh, people's primary residence. Okay. With COVID, yeah. you know, people could no longer travel. And so all of that money was getting funneled into summer homes, second, you know, second homes that people could go to right. um, that were close enough by that you could get in a car and drive to. Yeah. Um, so we suddenly were doing all of these vacation homes that we hadn't normally done in the past. Right. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. COVID definitely changed. Well, we're definitely talk about COVID. Um, yeah. So I'm interested in, you started your career as a TV producer. I did. How do you go from that to designing the insides of, of empty houses? Yeah, I mean, so TV, and I can kind of go into what I did in TV, but it's it's got a middle or well, a beginning, a middle and an end. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think actually that's very similar to how I look at interior design. Um, both careers really require you to, to juggle the left and the right side of your brain. Right. Um, you know, in, in TV, you've got to come up with an outline. Um, you got to find the characters. You got to put together a budget right. just to have it greenlit, right, by a yeah. network. Um, that's your beginning, right? Yeah. Um, and then once you're greenlit, you're you're hiring your crew, you're you're going on location, you're interviewing people and filming them, and then your your ending is bringing it back to an edit suite putting it all together, you know, and getting it out in the world. Sure. Um, I totally oversimplified that, but that's the gist. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> right. Um, and, and in interior design, you know, those phases are really similar, right? So um, a client hires you to renovate and design their home. Um, so that's the beginning, right? That's, I kind of call it like the dating phase, you know, right. you're, you're getting to know your client, what's their aesthetic, how does the home need to function? Um, yeah. And in the beginning, we're, we are getting a sense of the budget, too. Um, and then you get to the middle, which is putting the team together. Is that a builder? Yep. Is that an architect? Um, is that just a bunch of subs, you know, that you're kind of overseeing? Sure. Um, and it's definitely the, the longest phase because we're creating the design and we're executing the design plan with that team. Right. Um, right. And then at the end of the project, we're installing, you know, the furniture, the floor coverings, the artwork, you know, so you're really giving that client their HGTV turnkey moment, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The yeah. big reveal, if you yeah, will. Yeah, totally. Totally. So yeah. you bring up an interesting point because I was going to ask this, but how yeah. much does like HGTV and Pinterest sort of affect a client's desires to do things in their house? And how, how often do you have to like, kind of pull them away from that? Um, 50% of the time. Okay. I so I am not a fan of HGTV. <laughs> I'd say those letters in my mouth just <laughs> to dry up. Um, you know, it, it gives us, again, like having worked in television, right? It gives this false sense of you know, we can throw your home together in a matter of days right. on, you know, you make 20 grand a year. Great. Here's a $2 million home we've created. It's my favorite like, part about HGTV. It's exactly. my favorite part. There's some really great memes out there about that, which yeah. I just, I laugh at every time I see them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, um, it, it's not realistic. I think most people, when they hire an interior designer and they, they, understand what 
all of the phases of what we do to get them the result at the end of the day, understand that this is going to be a long relationship we're having. Yes. This is not, I'm shopping at home goods for you. (laughs) (laughs) A spice pumpkin candle for your, right. Yeah. No, no, we don't do that. Um, but, but yeah, so, so I think most of our clients get that the Pinterest part, I actually don't mind that that much. You know, I think, um, Pinterest is really helpful for people who are not super um, articulate with how they are thinking about the aesthetic of their home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, visually we can go look at pictures together and they can say, this is what I like. And this is what I don't like about this particular room, which I think is really, really helpful. For sure. Um, Yeah. 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 And, and then we can kind of, you know, cultivate this plan together about, okay, I hear you that you love all white spaces, but maybe you've got four kids and St. Bernard, like how do we make it work? Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, no, so I don't mind Pinterest at all. I okay. like it. Yeah. Do, you, do yeah. you prefer to work with someone like me who I have zero vision for that whatsoever? Like I, yep. you could explain yep. it to me and I have no idea. Or do you prefer someone that sort of knows what they want to do when uh-huh. they walk into their space? Is it, do you have a preference for, for who you prefer to work with? I actually don't. My bigger preference is that as the process moves along, that there is just a level of trust there. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you you come into this relationship knowing what you want or not what you want, knowing that you are handing over sort of the keys to, to, to the home, to our firm, to sure. give you what is best for the home and is best for you at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense for sure. Yeah. So yeah. when did you decide that, okay, TV's not for me. I want to start my own business. How did that decision process go along? So I, I did a lot of crazy TV shows um, when I was still in the TV world yeah. um, and was traveling a ton. Okay. Um, and I just got to a certain point, you know, um, I had been transferred up to Massachusetts for Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband had at the same time um, was coming up here for business school. And at that point, I had been like, you know, doing all kinds of shows, like living in yurts. You don't want to live in a yurt. Until like 30. Um, <laughs> it's fun maybe in your 20s. Yeah, you know? it's a little much. It's a lot, yeah. right. I just wanted to settle down. Um, and and that's when I really started thinking about um, what's the next step. Because, you know, interior design was not in my stratosphere at all. Really? When I was thinking, yeah, when I was, you know, when I was, in college, I just knew I wanted to be a documentary TV producer. And I got into that world right outside of college. Um, and it wasn't until I started doing a lot of set recreations for a lot of these documentaries that that ah. like, design bug kind of kind of bit. Yeah. yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a pretty natural yeah. leap then. So did yeah. you work anywhere before going out on your own? Did you go to, you know, did you have like a an apprenticeship in air quotes type of thing? Yeah, I did actually. I um, I landed a retail position. So I knew I wanted to open up, I should backtrack. I knew I wanted to open up a brick and mortar store mm-hmm. um, that was home focused and was going to sell uh, a mix of antique and modern pieces. Cause I, I love that mix. I always yeah. have. Um, 
I know I wanted to have that part of the business along with my design firm because I just felt that naturally they could, you know, buoy each other. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, and so when I left TV, I got a, um, a job working with a fantastic mentor who has now become a really wonderful friend um, in a neighborhood called Beacon Hill in Boston. Okay. And I was very open about the fact that I wanted to open my own store and this was my plan. And I was writing a business plan and, you know, meeting with all these people. And, and he really took me under his wing. Wow. Um, pretty much just, you know, opened his books, taught me everything about running, running the retail part of the business. Um, and uh, yeah. And that's incredible. That design came naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this mentor that, and yes. on the retail side, so you yes. have a brick and mortar store, but you don't have that anymore. Is that right? That's correct. I had that store. Well, I opened that store the day Lehman Brothers tanked back in <laughs> 2008. I was like, this is great timing. Um, awesome. <laughs> and, um, but, but no, I, I, uh, you know, I just, I, I got real, you know, just really in the weeds there, um, kept my overhead just, you know, as lean as could be. Yeah. Um, I was an, my, my only employee for a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, just really, you know, put on the bootstraps and, and worked really hard. And I had that store um, for seven years okay. um, with the design firm. My, yep. So my design firm was on the bottom floor. The brick and mortar was on street level. Got it. Uh, yeah. And then, and then, you know, as a lot of people do, had a baby, moved to the burbs. Yep. Um, my store was located in a very busy part of Boston. Okay. Uh, the North End, which is like the old Italian part of Boston. Yeah. Known for like great restaurants and shopping, but you have to be open seven days a week. That makes sense. And, yeah. And, and you have to, you have to be open like, you know, for really long hours every day. Yeah. Um, and that was hard to do with a newborn baby. I was going to say, certainly not ideal with a young family. No. And, and driving in each day, plus all of the design clients that I was also catering to. So yeah. I knew something had to give. Um, and I, I loved the brick and mortar part of it. Yeah. I loved the visual merchandising. I loved, you know, just chatting with and making friends with so many people that came into the store. Sure. Um, but but the design part was really where the passion, you know, was. Yeah. And so, um, so that's kind of where I eventually evolved into. Yeah. yeah. Well, having a retail store with a, with a baby and the you know, hours that that requires is really a tough gig. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah for sure. Following you on Instagram, you have an awesome Instagram presence. It's really like tons and tons of behind yeah. the scenes stuff, which I, I find fascinating. Thank you. How, how have you been able to really use Instagram to sort of build your brand? Um, not well, but I appreciate you saying those nice <laughs> things. <laughs> I mean, when I think about it, I, you know, I might be on a job site. I'm like, oh, I should, I should take a quick picture, you know, and put it on Instagram. But it's morphed into this, this thing that um, you're always kind of feeding the machine. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, which is hard to do, you know, as it's almost like a second business in a way. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, when I'm 
you know, present and in the moment, I'll try to remember to just like snap a quick picture, you know, what's going on? What do I think people will be interested to kind of see, not just like the pretty pictures. I mean, that's really what a lot of interior design firms show, right? Yeah. The the end result, the pretty picture. I think it's also helpful though, just to see like, it's a process to get there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so um, I think people can relate more to like, oh my God, yeah, I've been living in sawdust for you know <laughs> three months on. Um, yeah, so. Well, the so other thing about your Instagram, which I think is a different thing nowadays. Yeah. You're almost never in it. Yeah. And you know, if you see most social media, uh, a lot of yeah. it is, you know, mine included is like all stuff about me, like, Hey, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing, and it's really tough to get away from that, um, and make it more about the work. And you've done an outstanding job doing it, making it all about the work, which I don't think is an easy task. Thank you. I can also say that I, I hate, uh, putting myself out there in that way. Yeah. Um, I would much prefer the, the business speak to the business than yep. like be the spokesperson for the business. Yeah. I wish I was better about that. You know, I, I, uh, I wish I could get in front of the camera and, um, just speak really naturally about what's going on and, you know, but, um, but I think that I try to have the, the writing and the pictures speak more for, you know, for themselves and me speaking for them. No, for sure. Yeah. And I think I agree with you. I think it's a really difficult thing to make sort of that personal social media life and business social media life intersect. I, I, I struggle yeah. with that myself sometimes. So I, I hear you for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously doing the work that you do, you're sort of like, for, for lack of a better term, the, the grand master of the plan, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so how have you, Ross. yeah, exactly. That's better. I like that. How, yeah. how have you been able to, you know, build relationships with all the other people to, to help you and, and how long does that take to really get working and, and, you know, sort of jive with the company that you, you, you know, that you can trust implicitly. Yeah. Um, so some of the relationships I've had with certain subs go as far back as when I first opened up you know, my, my store and design firm. Yeah. Um, so they are, you know, 15 plus years old at this point. And I really treasure those relationships because I know that those particular subs will always have my back. And at the same point, they will, I will always have their back too. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, which I think is, you know, you, you want that kind of relationship, uh, especially with, with homes. Um, there's so many unknowns, you know, especially when we do historical homes, which is really the, I think the, uh, the bread and butter of what, of the type of designing we do. Sure. You just don't know what's behind the walls until you open up the wall. Yeah. Right. I do see that on HGTV. I know. Yes. That. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you can guess all day, but you know, until you open up a wall, um, yeah. budget can go up. The scope of, you know, what we're designing can completely change. So you, you have to have, I think people in your corner that um, you trust and that they trust you too. Yeah. I would imagine a part of your job is really, sort of being the realist, but setting realistic expectations for your client. Is that fair? Very fair. Very fair. I think a lot of our job, uh, besides being like a, you know, on-call therapist um, sure. a lot of the time is, uh, <laughs> is 
is be is just managing expectations. Yeah. Uh, especially with COVID, you know, COVID is like thrown the design industry, I think in general, yeah. uh, um, you know, as a designer, I used to feel very confident in giving a lead time for, for hard materials or furnishings, or, you know, when it, when a vendor would say it's in stock, that meant maybe two, three weeks until right. it came to the warehouse. Now in stock can mean eight to 10 weeks. Wow. And, and a lot of our products that we're seeing Hard materials too, you know, windows, 22 weeks out for windows, wow. you know? Um, so it's really about managing expectations right now. Home building is never a quick process. Typically, sure. yeah. <laughs> but especially during COVID, you can't get anything quickly. Yeah. For, so pre-COVID, what would you say your average uh, job time was in, you know, weeks or months? I know I mean, it varies crazy. You know, yeah. Depending I mean, on we can be pretty fast. Like we had a project that started February of 2020 okay. and the family wanted us to redesign their 7,000 square foot home and move into it at the end of July. Wow. So what is that? Five months? Five months yeah. Yeah. Um, and we designed the whole thing, had all the furnishings ready to go. Now the home itself took a lot longer because building materials right. took a lot longer, yeah. but like our end of it, we can, we can do it that quickly. We just did a, a home in Nantucket, sort of same thing. This January, it was a repeat client of ours, bought a second home, yep. um, a new build, and wanted us to totally design it with a move-in of being able to use it that summer. Wow. So we had about six and a half, seven months to put together like, you know, all the tile, all the lighting, all, you know, everything, right? Yeah. Furnishings, you know, doorbells. Um, yeah. And and that one, they they were moving in summertime. So yeah. that was, and you, then you've got the complications of getting everything on a barge and getting it to an island. Um, That's logistical right nightmare. Yeah. 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 Not to mention with a deadline looming. So how, do you sleep? When that happens? Uh, in general, um, no. Um, yeah, <laughs> I do. I mean, I do, but I have those, you know, three a.m. wake ups. Like, oh my god, I forgot this. I got to do this tomorrow morning, or yeah. I got to remember to remind the team that we need this in a number of days. So um, projects like that definitely keep you up more at night. No doubt, yeah. I'm sure. So sure. besides the, the, the lag time on supplies and things, how did you experience COVID in general besides the, those type of things? It was definitely our busiest that we've ever seen uh, our, our design firm be. Yeah. Uh, people really came out of the woodwork. And I think that had to just do with the fact that everybody's home. You know, they're sitting around looking at that same wall that they've looked at for 10 weeks and they're yep. like, I got to change things around yeah. here. Um, and the type of designing that we do is mostly like a full gut renovation. We don't, yeah. we don't do one room at a time. We like to really own the full home. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And so when people say that to us, we're like, okay, that's great. But where are you living through this? Are you moving somewhere else? You know, what, what are you doing during COVID? And lots of people came up with, you know, logistical plans to make that work. Um, But we, we were the busiest we have ever been. And I think I can say that just for the design industry in general, Sure. you know um, it's, it's the busiest of times that we've seen I mean, since I can remember. It's, I find the whole COVID situation fascinating because it's sort of like if your industry was lucky enough not to get absolutely crushed and put out of business, right. like the restaurant industry or the hospitality industry, right. you you had an insane year for the most part because of all the things that you just mentioned. And it's that seems to be across a number of different industries. Yeah. Yeah. Such a dichotomy, right? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I noticed is that being a you know, like personally, we're now sort of a virtual office. So I'm talking to you and you're in New England and this is the same as if we were sitting in the room together, which I don't think it was as widely as it was accepted, but not widely as widely as accepted as it is now. That's true. And um, another thing that I found really interesting during this, well, well, two things actually is one, when, um, when COVID started, um, we were actually pretty well set up, my firm, to all work remotely okay. and to make it work. Yeah. So that was great. You yep. know, we we shared, you know, all of our files electronically. Um, so that made it really easy for that part of the process. But the other thing we learned is like we can design anywhere. Yeah. That's right. Yep. You know, that that Nantucket project I mentioned, I didn't go to the island one time during wow entire design. We had all of the hard measurements already, and we were able just to use those files to give tile elevations and built-ins and furniture layouts and and all of it. That's really incredible. Yeah. Now you think about all the people, so you can work anywhere. And the reason you're busy is because people found they can work from anywhere. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah. Um, that's crazy. So do you have, do do you treat you know, your projects, like, like a parent treats their kids where they like them all and they don't have a favorite, (laughs) or do you have some that you're like, that's clearly my favorite. You have, you have one in mind that you go, that's my favorite project I've ever done. And I love it so much. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm a fair weather fan. It depends on the day, right? (laughs) What have you done for me lately type of thing? No, no, I'm just kidding. You know, but it does depend on like the phase of the project where we are. Um, one of the parts that I love about um, just working in design, especially with historical homes, right, yeah. is getting to understand um, the architecture and the history of that house so that when we're designing it, you yeah. know, we are speaking really to the history of that home, but giving it a modern twist. Yeah. So I, That's I really like, cool. Yeah, I like to nerd it out and kind of, you know, understand the architecture a bit. And oftentimes, right, with these old homes, they just, they get whitewashed at a certain point, you know, sure. like they've been, you know, through the hands of how many owners, how many renovations that weren't that great, right? right. Yep. All the beautiful millwork gets pulled out, the, you know, amazing uh, exterior architecture. So, a lot of my job is with historical homes is to kind of bring that back. Yeah. I always tell clients, it's like, you know, you're, you're kind of building a love story for your house, right? Yeah. And so that's that's kind of what we try to do. 
Yeah. Have you seen one thing that somebody did to a house where you walked in and you just said, this is like a disgrace. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> um, how many times? Have I <laughs> <laughs> That's why people hire me. Come on. Um, yeah. Good point. Know, good I point. Mean, <laughs> it, it's funny. Every time I walk into a home, a client is like, I'm sorry. You know, like I, I know. And I, and I, I really, I don't judge. I, I, I don't judge because we know we're starting from a certain point and we're going to make the home amazing. So, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, I have seen my fair share of homes that definitely need a lot of TLC, mm-hmm. um, but, yep. but I love that challenge. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Sure. What do you, what is your favorite part of owning your own business? Oh, wow. Um, huh. there's a lot. Um, I think since having a family, it's been great to sort of kind of make my own hours some days, Um, you know, some days are better than others, but I think having a bit of that flexibility has been wonderful. So definitely that being able to pick and choose the projects we work on. That's huge. That's huge. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, we're at a point where we've been doing this long enough that I just, you know, I, 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 we do get to pick and choose and, um, and I, and at the end of the day, I just, I want to work with people who um, are going to enjoy the experience as much as I enjoy it and yes. enjoys it, you know? And like I said, that, that trust factor is so mm-hmm. super important. Yeah. It just makes the process in general go so much easier. So yeah. You know, I think you bring up a, a really interesting <laughs> point. I feel like in a lot of businesses, there's that switch that happens. And I feel like that's almost when the business becomes successful, where you're interviewing a client to become one of your clients just as much as they're interviewing you. And, you know, not having to say like, oh man, this person wants to do business with us. We're going to do it. It's sort of, you know, being selective, I think is a huge switch that flips at some point in in the course of a, of, of a business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're, when you're green and you're just starting out, you want to be scrappy. You want to say yes to everything, right? For sure. Yeah. And then then regret it later. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have a whole lot of war stories to tell, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I got to ask you the flip side now. So you yeah. we talked about your favorite part of owning a business. Yeah. What's your least favorite part? Uh, um, oof, you know, the buck stops with you, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not my name on, on the company, but it sure is my name on the company, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, my, my, my team is amazing. Um, but if ever there is an issue with a, you know, a dimension being off, um, that screws up, you know, the, the wall length of a, of a space, or, you know, we, we really should have selected a, a different light or a different vanity for an area, right? That stops with me, you yep. know, not with my employees, nor would I want it to stop with them. You know, sure. I mean, it's me who's running the ship. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. If you had to give someone that's thinking about starting a business and unsure some advice, especially, yeah. uh, especially a female business owner, yes. what advice would you give to them? I would tell them first, write yourself a business plan. Mm-hmm. I, I did that. And oh my gosh, that was huge. I, cause it went through so many iterations until I felt like, okay, I've really hit the nail on the head for yeah. 
what I want this business to be. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so that, that was huge. And then I, I really utilized in, in Massachusetts where I am, there's a lot of really fantastic, um, uh, opportunities for women entrepreneurs starting out, free classes, conversations that you can have with lawyers, you know, about setting up uh, a corporation or yeah. LLC, all these things, you know, I did not go to business school. Sure. Um, I'm a, a kid of hard knocks when it comes to design. Right. <laughs> so it was just a lot of feet to the fire trying to figure out, you know, God, what's a P&L statement? Right. right. Yeah. How do you, you know? do QuickBooks? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and a lot of just, you know, okay, I'm just going to jump in feet first and, and figure this out, which as much as you can try to, especially if you're going into creative industry, yeah. learn the business aspect of it. Yep. Uh, because I just think design in general, you're, you are operating both left and right side of the brain. For sure. Know? Yeah. Um, and I think that when people, Especially, you know, um, I don't know, people who watch HGTV, maybe, um, you know, they think, oh, designers, you know, it's, um, it's so fun. And it is like, don't get me wrong. It is such a fun industry, but it is such a detail oriented industry. For sure. Uh, like and, the, you, you mentioned something earlier that made my head hurt a little bit. You're like the height of the tile that it needed to be. Like, uh, I wouldn't have never even thought that that, uh, so like the amount of detail that goes into your work for 7,000 square foot jobs has to be insane. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of math, which, um, I, I was not good at math. <laughs> Thank God for a calculator. Right. Um, yeah, no. So a lot of math, um, and like in geometry and, you know, it's just utilizing all of these skills that I never thought I'd have to when I was, you know, doing algebra in, in high school and thinking, yeah, I'll never, never use yeah. this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So I, the one th one last thing I wanted to talk to you about, I, I really yeah. find it the mentorship thing pretty amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How valuable do you think that whole process was in the overall success of your entire career? Oh, it was it was immense. It was really huge, um, especially having a mentor that was just real with me. You know, I think that sometimes uh, an internship or a mentorship in general, somebody can come in and they're filing paperwork or yeah. they're, they're getting the firm coffee. Right. Know, they're not, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're not learning the, you know, the, the real inside details yep. of, of what, what it means to, the, uh, to work there. The yeah. underbelly of the, uh, the of underbelly. The yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so um, having somebody that, you know, that trusts you to um, obviously take what they are saying and, and guard it, you know, with, you know, this is some of their, their business practices and this is, um, you know, how, how they work inside and out. Like, I just think that's so, um, oh, that was just, that was so helpful to me. In yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. And it's a really yeah. difficult thing to find. And yes. once you find it, you, you kind of know like, Hey, this is going to be super helpful to me. And it does yeah. take, you know, on the, on the mentors part, it takes a lot of selflessness, um, to, for them to sort of say like, here, here it is, here, it's, right. here's everything. 
And I think it also just takes a lot of, you know, it, there's a lot of energy that goes into that too. You know, I mean, I, I keep saying, oh, I really want to hire an intern for our firm, right? We're, we're a group of five. We could always use an extra set of hands. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm giving that particular intern like enough jobs and tasks that they can get out of it what yeah. they want to get out of it. Yeah. To make it and worth their while for sure. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, you know, there, yeah, there's that yin and yang and, um, I wouldn't want anybody to come in here and just be like, Oh, awesome. I'm filing fabrics. <laughs> Day 56. Yeah. Filing fabrics. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would suck. So <laughs> that's great. I love it. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is awesome. I really enjoyed having you on. Um, yeah, it was great to you. talk to you. Yeah. No, it was great to talk to you too, Brian. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about Nikki and her company, go to acquireboutique.com and to follow her on Instagram, which I highly recommend, go to at acquireboston on Instagram. And if you want to connect with me on the untapped app, my username is brcarney7. To learn more about how my firm helps business owners with their financial planning, visit riversedgeadvisors.com. And to hear past episodes of the podcast, go to happy-half-hour.com. Now we have to rate this beer. This is the task at hand, right? So I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. I, I, I enjoyed it. I would definitely drink it again. So um, Amazing. Nikki, thank you so much for, for doing this. It was great to see you. I appreciate your time and cheers to you. So great to see you, Brian. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, sponsored by River's Edge Advisors. For more information on how Rivers Edge Advisors can help you, visit their website at riversedgeadvisors.com. If you'd like to connect with Brian Carney for business advice or just to share beer, follow him on Instagram at riversedgeadvisors underscore LLC.